Dirty John Season 2, the podcast, is a series paid for by USA Network and produced by LA Times Studios in support of the television series Dirty John, the Betty Broderick Story. The riveting and complicated tale of the San Diego mother of four who murdered her ex-husband and his new wife more than three decades ago. The crime and its aftermath captivated the nation, dominating headlines with intense trial coverage and providing a complex portrait of the woman at the heart of the story, Betty Broderick. The creators of this new series on USA Network relied on female directors in this retelling of the infamous murder. In this episode, you will hear their insights on what it took to bring a fresh approach to this enduring story. Among the directors whose work shaped the series are Maggie Kiley and series director Alexandra Cunningham, who made her directorial debut. I have a new respect for directors that can just come on board a series in the middle of a season that they have not been part of all the story discussions because I felt like the only reason that I survived was because I was the person who had created everything that put us there in the first place. So hopefully that respect will translate even more to the directors that I work with in the future because now now I know how hard it is to be them. Maggie Kiley has directed lots of episodic television, including American Horror Story and Riverdale. For Dirty John's second season, she directed four episodes, including the first and last of the series. She talks about what attracted her to the project and how she and the other women working on the series connected to the story. This is Maggie Kiley. When I first spoke to Alex Cunningham, I was excited by the idea of coming at a story like this one that we'd so often heard sort of the big, big elements of, I'd heard kind of the salacious headline, but coming at that story from the inside out as opposed to the outside in seemed really intriguing to me. We were fortunate in that we had a great collection of women directors for this particular project. I'm not sure if it was a conscious decision early on. It was about who was the right fit for this particular show. It was wonderful I was certainly compelled by the story of a woman who had a very specific idea of how her life was going to unfold and how along that journey, things changed very drastically for her as she went. Culturally, Betty Broderick was raised to be a wife and mother. Those were her two identities, imprinted since childhood. But when her husband fell in love with another woman, she found herself without one of those defining roles. Alexandra Cunningham adds her take on Betty's reversal of fortune. What Betty thinks she lost is rooted in the beginnings of their love and their marriage and their children and the fact that she really felt that it was the two of them building something uh, and climbing a mountain together. Then they got to the top of the mountain and she was abandoned. Once you see where they're at when they actually officially get divorced and how angry she is, that's the time to go back and say, was she always like this? And the answer is no. That's what influenced the nonlinear timeline more than anything. Capturing the twists of Betty's life over several decades demanded extensive preparation. Maggie Kiley explains. Part of my prep was coming up with tools and ways that we could move this storytelling in a nonlinear way, moving from time periods to different time periods and not relying heavily on 
Chiron's text on screen. So we worked a great deal with color story in costumes, production design, props, making sure that each decade had a very specific look and feel to it so that the audience could hopefully move through time with these characters somewhat seamlessly. And I think visually, as a female director, there were parts of telling her story that maybe I leaned into lensing-wise that perhaps someone else wouldn't have leaned into quite as much. An example of that is early on in series, we shot a sequence of Betty armoring up for the day. She's putting on her makeup, and I did lots of shots of mascara and blush and perfume sprays and, you know, just layers and layers that she would be applying to embark on her day. It was such a big part of Betty's look and vibe was, you know, having, especially at that time period, the the shoulder pads, the cinched belts. I think at this particular moment in the story that I'm referring to, it was a moment in her life where going out into public, she felt like she needed to put on a strong face. For me, when I come onto a project as a director, I have to find a way in. She's a mother, wife, I'm both of those things. We all know what it means to to embark on a journey with our best intentions, hoping to do good, wanting to create a life that we're proud of, find love, build a family. And in those ways, when you align with a character and then you watch how that character can make turns along the way that don't necessarily land in the place that they intend to, it's really fascinating to me. I think what makes a marriage, what makes a partnership, what our roles are as men and women at home and in the workplace are are constantly evolving. I think at the center of this story, we are we're looking at people who are very human and they're making mistakes along the way that that's certainly something we can identify with today. It is a love story at the very, very core. And that kind of story can live, you know, in any decade, as long as it feels authentic and real. To capture that authenticity, Maggie Kiley depended on stars Amanda Peet and Christian Slater. Amanda is an incredibly intelligent actor. She also writes, directs, and produces. So she's coming to the project with a wealth of knowledge. She's very detailed in her prep. It's a highly emotionally demanding role. We never wanted to let her performance go to such an extreme that we would alienate an audience. We always want to identify with her experience. Christian also worked really hard early on to understand how to embark on this journey, bringing life to this character where every decision feels grounded in the right choice. From his perspective, he was always doing the absolute right thing. He has tremendous warmth on screen, which was really, really important for us that everyone felt loving and warm and careful in in how they approached their lives. The directors were also careful in how they portrayed the Broderick's volatile divorce. I remember having a conversation about divorce and what divorce means now versus what divorce meant then. That having a woman be 
in the process of a divorce, that was a very significant social stain on her. And that very often her community almost felt as if it was catching, right? Which is crazy to think about. And everyone would be very concerned that if they associated too much with that person, that they would somehow be connected to divorce. I think when we're sitting in our own car looking at a woman on the side of the road, it's really easy to pass judgment on why we think she's wrong or why we think she's right. When you're literally sitting in the seat with them and experiencing that journey, it's not necessarily meant for you to suddenly go, oh, she was completely wronged at every turn or wow, she's completely crazy. But but constantly be sort of wrestling with the idea of, well, that was a really difficult thing that she was in, but but this decision she made wasn't great. But, oh, this decision was really wonderful. Oh, if only, um, because it is incredibly complicated for all of the parties involved. And, you know, you don't know someone else's relationship. When you're observing anything from afar, you really don't know what's going on inside. And also, even if you're inside the room with both of them, someone can walk away and have a conversation about what happened in that room. And they're two completely different things. So, you know, it's it's part of what's tragic within this story are all of those times where we start to understand how if things had shifted a little bit this way or a little bit that way, maybe they would have ended differently. The Los Angeles Times newsroom was not involved in this podcast. The two-episode premiere of Dirty John, the Betty Broderick story is Tuesday, June 2nd on USA Network.